everybody. Welcome to Wrong Term Memory. It's me, Jack. And it's me, Colin. Back with your second show of the week. How are you, Jack? Are you good, mate? Yeah, I am super, mate. Yourself? Yeah, getting better. Voice is getting a little bit stronger. Um, we're, we're getting there, mate. Try not to complain about it. Just don't make me laugh too much this week. Right, okay. That's almost impossible. Because you're such a funny guy. Yeah, fuck that. So, opinions, mate. I've been... I watched a film. I don't watch a lot of films. I watched a film a couple of days ago, but that was nominated for nine Oscars and nominated for the same amount of BAFTAs. And I thought it was dog shit. Okay, you're making some terrible selections recently, aren't you? Well, but the thing is, this the, is the Banshees of Inishirin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was really, really, really looking forward to this. It's made by a guy called Martin McDonough, right? He made In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Like, his sort of speciality is this, this sort of black comedy, tragic comedy type thing. And especially because it's got Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson in it, I thought, right, okay, here we go. This is going to be fantastic. The, the storyline sounded pretty interesting as well. It's about Without spoiling it, two lifelong friends basically, and the kind of one of them fall out with the other one basically says, like, I don't want to be pals with you anymore, you're a boring bastard type thing. Yeah. And then they sort of work through that. It's set in on a remote island, a fake remote island, basically just sort of just after or just during the Irish Civil War, but 1912, 1930, it doesn't particularly matter when it's set, but the whole setup of it sounded fantastic. And I thought to myself, right, in Bruges is. Like one of my top five films. Love it. One of the best films that I think I've ever, I've ever seen. Have you seen this Banshee's film, mate? Did you? I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. it. I saw it before Christmas. It first appeared online right. uh, before Christmas, and our friend Cammy watched it and raved about it. So I watched it, and I actually quite liked it. Um, I, I, it's, it's a very different film to In Bruges. Um, very different, but I did enjoy it. I liked. I, I, I've been I've been questioning somebody. I read an article not long ago about male friendship and how few friends most men actually have. And I kind of had that in my mind while I was watching it. And I think that kind of elevated it a little bit about how desperate this guy was not to lose his friend and the kind of trials and tribulations he went through to try and keep him and stuff like that. And it's something I thought about because I don't want to go all seriously, but I'm quite lucky in that I go to the football and I've got a really good bunch of football friends. But when you take a step back from sometimes like an organised activity like that and do try and look at how many friends you've got at our age, they do start to dilute and you do start to see less and less of them. So I kind of understood the the peril of losing a friend like that. So I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was well done. I thought Colin Farrell was excellent. I, I just... It, it, the, like the, the, the acting in it's amazing. You've got like the, um, his sister, Kerry... Kerry Condon uh, is the actress. She won Best Supporting Actress as a BAFTA. The, the young boy that he's friends with is a guy called Barry Kagan. Again, brilliant acting, but I just did not... I didn't enjoy it, right? And talking about the whole friendship thing, again, get, getting pretty deep, pretty quick into this episode, you'd be surprised how quickly <laughs> like your male friends just sort of disappear. Because like, yeah. I was a member... I was a member of a bowling club. Everybody knows I used to play bowls. I was a member of a bowling club for 20 fucking years. I left that bowling club and genuinely not 
one person sent me a text or a fucking WhatsApp or nothing after that. No. Yeah, like, not one. How's it going, mate? I fine. Not had a drink with one of them in five years. Not seen them. And I used to spend three nights a week with these cunts. Yeah, it's it's mad. It's it's also things like just have getting wives, getting children, and you do just lose track of people. I I I, I lost I lost track of quite a few people during COVID. Um, luckily, I got a few of them back in the last couple of months because I needed them basically. But um, it's it's a it's, it's a definitely a thing, and it's something girls are much better at. Girls will fight and bitch to each other, and they'll fall out. But they'll keep a core friendship, and that friendship will never really go away with a good bunch of people. Whereas guys, I do think, especially married guys and settled down guys and adult guys, can it can be quite a lonely existence for some of them. Yeah, but I didn't particularly enjoy the film. But have you been watching anything um, <laughs> to get I, away I, from I, the sadness of fucking male loneliness? We spoke about Yellowstone recently, which is obviously the the, the big thing I've been watching nonstop since. But the other thing I watched recently was The White Lotus. Um, the White Lotus is on HBO and Sky Atlantic, and it basically follows the the guests and the employees of this luxury hotel chain, and how their week long stay is affected or disturbed by all the psychological dysfunctions they've all basically got. Um, it's beautifully shot. First season set in Hawaii, second season set in Sicily, and basically these people with all these problems come to try and relax and rejuvenate and glorious beautiful uh, setting however as the days go by darkness occurs and bad things happen and you realize they're all just horrible horrible people and it's just a brilliant brilliant tv show it's a mini series um i think there's six six and eight episodes each season brand new cast each season um season three's just been announced and i think it's going to be in japan uh, the third one um it's just excellent the acting's brilliant the music's brilliant um, some real breakout stars in it as well, as well as Stifler's mum being the best thing in it. So Stifler's mum from American Pie is the one kind of anchor between season one and season two, because she comes back in season two and goes to the same, goes to the resort again, and she's just fantastic in it, Jack. So so good. Jennifer Coolidge. That's the one. <laughs> I just had to Google her there, man, just out of curiosity, because yeah, Stifler's mum was as a teenager. Watching American Pie, it came out with 98, 99, so even 13, 14. And it was kind of like the, not the first MILF that you'd ever seen, but like it kind of sort of that. It just was a different type of woman. Woman? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> here's, the thing, here's the thing though Stifler's mum in American Pie is younger than we are now. Is younger than we are now? Yeah. Right, okay, so. She was meant to be like a like a thirty seven year old or something. I, I think the the act she was acting was a little bit older, but actual the, the the actress and who she was at the time she was younger than us. Um, but she's really good. Like it's even that it's been up for quite a few awards and the at the Emmys she presented an award and did a fair bit of stuff and she's won some things. Mm. And her speech and her um giving out the awards the bit she did was just hilarious. She's just a very very funny woman. Yeah, so she was more than 61, so American Pie was out in 1999, so she was 38. There you go. And yeah. uh, Which is so. the exact age we are now. So. Yeah, there you go then. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to excuse me for a second, click off. Right, uh, where are we? Let's 
That's but my opinion. I... It's my humble opinion that I should have won video of the year. I am humble in general. That's my opinion. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good as far as geniuses go. That's my opinion. Right, so bosses mate. We might have had discussions about this in the past about asshole bosses. You're a boss now. See, I don't have I I'm not I don't have any managing duties in my job, so I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that at the moment. Again, without getting too serious, our work's going through a whole lot of sort of restructuring and stuff like that. So there might be changes in the next sort of year, 18 months, because they're desperately trying to save money. So just there's VSs getting flung about all over the shop, you know. <laughs> like, please take yes. that. Please leave. <laughs> please fuck off. Um, I won't be taking it. But you, you just, you. I think everybody's had a boss that is a bit of a dickhead. I, I used to have a boss that was like, you know how he would say things that, like, common phrases, but get them wrong? Oh, God, yeah. So, like, he used to speak about the, the, the Greek pyramids for some reason, or he'd always say, eh, just spot me an email. Like, I don't even know what that means. Spot you an email. Uh, it's My favourite was, uh, oh, what was that again? It's, it's not rocket surgery. Oh, for fuck's sake. That was his, 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 his favourite thing, was just smashing... Those two together, uh, it's all smoking windows. Was another one that he used to say quite a lot, and he would consistently say them. And you would just, you would just let it slide. And looking back, I don't know if he knew he was getting them wrong, or if he knew they were wrong and just kept saying them. I think he knew they were wrong. There's too many there for him just to be a total cretin. And. Oh. I don't manage people anymore, thankfully. Um, I manage projects and stuff now, which is a hell of a lot easier. Huh. Um, but I, I have, I have on occasion managed people where I've just decided, listen, I don't have a great relationship with these people, so I'm just going to be a dickhead to them. And I'll act, sometimes you can't be an utter dickhead to them. They don't deserve it. But I'll be a dickhead myself and just come across a bit David Brenty and huh. do, it, do it on purpose. And it sounds like that's what that guy was doing with... The Greek pyramids not been built in a day and stuff like that. Um, it's it's possibly him just making his day go a little bit quicker. Yeah, so like I says, I was looking online basically for just bosses being assholes, and there's obviously like a billion stories of bosses being assholes, but some of them kind of jumped out to me. Like uh, I was reading about a, a woman who the boss stole the purse, and I don't know what she means by stole. I don't know if she picked it up by accident. Or literally went out of the way to steal it, but then, like, reprimanded is that the right word? Um, <laughs> for the person saying that that's my purse, like for having a tone, saying, Don't have that tone with me, darling. Oh my god, that's shocking! It really is, it really fucking um, is, man. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of my people management happened in contact centers, and uh -huh. In contact centres, the one thing you have to do is manage time. Time's the most important thing. It's getting these guys to actually sit in their arse in the seat and take calls, right? Uh -huh. And we have a thing where we gave the guys a comfort break limit, which was during the course of your working day, you had seven minutes you could use to go to the toilet. Um, seven hours for a, a seven minutes for a seven hour eight hour shift. Yeah, seven minutes for a day. Basically, you got you obviously you got two fifty minute breaks. You got an hour's lunch as well, um, but your comfort break target was around seven minutes a day. So we we genuinely used to have monitors that told us. We, I, I could sit on my laptop. I see all my staff. I see what, exactly what they're doing. And it was all colour-coded. If they're in comfort break, 
it would go from green to red as soon as it hit the seven minute mark. Uh-huh. And you'd actually you'd end up you'd be watching somebody come back to the toilet and shouting at them to get back. You're too late and stuff like that. It turned out it was completely immoral to have a comfort break target because people need to go to the toilet. They need to go to the toilet, and ended up we ended up rebranding it and making it a just a, a kind of offline target and melded it and kind of merged it into a couple other basic targets. But we did have people that were smart, and some people would just question it. Like you'd say to somebody, I did say to a guy once, mate. You've been away for eleven minutes. What are you doing? And you know what he said to me? I've got the shit. No, no, better than that. He just said a shite, and that's how long it took. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, hi. <hiya. laughs> genuinely, what what can you do to that? Like, you can't you can't change it because I tell you what, I didn't have a comfort break target, and every time I went for a shite, I was a good fifteen minutes sat on my phone. So it's it's what they do. But yeah, we did we, we did monitor bathroom use and stuff like that, and. Call people out on it. Uh, there's some sort of like famous versions of like like particularly bad bosses. I think one of them was called Richard Beckman. Uh, he was an executive at a company called uh, Condé Nast, um, and he, <laughs> he eventually got accused of, of basically assaulting two female staff members, uh, Emily and Carol, uh, because like he set about them, he battered them because <laughs> they refused to kiss when he asked them basically at an office party. So both of them refused to kiss him, or he tried to get them to kiss each other? I think he tried to get them to kiss each other, and they said, oh, no, fuck off, and he attacked them. Fucking maniac, man. It's fucking horrendous. I'm not laughing at, like, I'm laughing, but not at the fucking, the sexual assault, just at the whole can you, madness can you just imagine him, right, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, tickle her, tickle her. <laughs> and then just attacking both of them, man. Oh, my God. Um, there's one here, the, um, as an intern at a PR firm, and the manager would make me run her personal errands, such as picking up cleaning, ship things, drive her and her friends to events, etc. She would get my attention when she wanted me by shouting, intern! <laughs> um, it's terrible. Um, I, I I have made use of staff for things like that, Bo, in the past. Um, I've had a contact centre full of 80 people in it. Every one of them on this website waiting for a Yeezy trainer to launch so I can try and buy them. And I've also had... Um, girls each Christmas that I would give my debit card to and send out to buy my, do my Christmas shopping. You're no better than fucking Richard Beckman. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, but I said, do you fancy, do you fancy some time off the phone? And they said, yeah, go to the shopping centre and get me this and get me that and whatever you think's nice. And they would come back and I'd give them more time off the phone to wrap it. Right, okay. So uh, at least you're not a psychopath, right? Because you get guys like Alejandro Rett who was a, a vice president at a company called J Crew, which was like a fashion brand type thing, and 175 staff members were made redundant. And then about 10 minutes later, this guy was on Instagram, like posting funny photos, and he had <laughs> like it's these hashtags here that are that are pretty fucking uh, superb, but also disgusting. Uh, because he was hashtagging photos like <laughs> hashtag Hunger Games. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and hashtag may the odds be in your favour. <laughs> oh, that's fucking horrendous. It's horrible. Like, don't get me wrong, Karma got this guy and bit him in the ass because, like, he was shacked like a couple of days later, basically, for posting those photos. So uh, he got his comeuppance, but he, he thought it was uh, fair enough to start hashtagging hunger. <laughs> Here, here's one. Tell me how you would react to this one. Um, I wanted a boss who, while I was replying to a question, addressed to me by their boss in a meeting, 
He put his hand less than an inch in front of my face to silence me so that he could answer instead. <laughs> so, like, shh. Like, yeah, like, I got this. I, I don't know how you wouldn't just snap your lid at that. I, I don't know how you wouldn't. I, I, I think I would actually I would actually look to his boss and say, you seen this? What do you think of this? I think I would just flip and actually, rather than go mental, I would try and make him bad. I'd call it out to his boss there and then. I don't know how somebody can put your hand that close to your face with it. You're going like, oh, fuck off. I'll wait then. I, I don't... Yeah. That, well, I suppose if you, see if you can't put your, your hand in somebody's face, you could just do a Naomi Campbell. Uh, her weapon of choice basically was just she used to just throw mobile phones at people like there's a lot of her staff would say yes she just threw a mobile phone at me like just lobbed it straight at their fucking head across she was the famous for it famous for it that's mad she do it all the time um, there's one here as well um, after work once my boss who was a self-titled email man sent me a text message instructing me to check my email put down my phone rushed over to my computer and pulled up the important message it contained two words Call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I actually think that's quite funny. I think that's quite funny to be fair. Um, I I I got my dad one of those this week. Um, I uh, I text my dad. And I said, um, Dad, I've just put into the sat nav. Stupid bastard! I can't believe where it's taken me. <laughs> And he replied, what do you mean? I wrote back, put the coffee on, I'll be there in a minute and I'll tell you. <laughs> and he just he fell for it, I built her. It's not original, I'd heard it from someone else. But see, when you try something like that and the person takes the bait, it's the best thing feeling ever. Uh, there's another guy that used to push staff members up against the wall, right? And he, he, it sounds like a fucking massive child. He'd be throw chairs across the room. <laughs> I don't know why I find this so funny. Just one time, <laughs> there was an employee at Brought the birthday cake in, <laughs> and he he was so annoyed he punched he punched both his fists into it. <laughs> Fucking hell! Like a massive uh. child, like <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um, this this last one here is an absolute sacking if it happened. Um, oh yeah. Is. So, this is this is from a female. Um, today my boss called me into a serious talk. The serious talk was him asking me to notify him in advance of my menstrual cycle so that he could avoid that shit. <laughs> that's that's literally sacked. Oh, you're it's getting... horrendous behaviour, horrendous. It really is. Do you know what wouldn't be horrendous behaviour, but we'd be sharing our episode, and that's what we're asking you to do. We'd be find that share button, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast. There should be a share button. Just share it. Share it to where can they share it, Colin? They can share it to any of your social media platforms: the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok, the whatever other ones there are these days. Do it all. Snapchat it. Um, get it up anywhere. Also, just send it by WhatsApp. Send it by text message. Send it by email. Do do anything. If you care, share. If you care, share. Do you have a better idea? Yes, I do. Before, before, before we fly into this, is that Charlie howling like a wolf? He's howling, yeah. Can you hear him? Yeah. He's on the horn, right? When we got Charlie, he was like 18 months old and he, he, he was never neutered or anything like that. So we we, we thought it would we, we, we wouldn't do it. And maybe about once every f- four or five months, 
he'll get on the horn, there'll be a bitch mm-hmm. near here that is on heat, and that is him howling in the living room. He's like he, a wolf. Because he wants to go out and get his nuts away, basically. Yeah. So I'll take right. him out as soon as we finish recording this, basically, for a walk. He will sniff, he'll start slabbering everywhere like some sort of dog <laughs> with two dicks. I can't believe how loud that is. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You'll yeah, get out in a minute. Yeah, dirty, dirty dog. He's just absolutely gagging. It's not even gagging for his... Because he's like... He's a bit homosexual. Like, he only ever tries to mount other guys. Nothing he, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it, but... He, he's... It's only the smell. It must be the hormones and he's... The smell and stuff like that. So, don't feel bad for him. He'll get out in a minute and he'll sniff about and he'll be slabbering and it'll be fine. But... Um, we're going to steal the internet's ideas again just to wrap this show up mate and oh. <laughs> I cannot not hear him it's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> right where Matt there we go he's he's, he's, he's quieting down fuck now, you're, you're, you're going to need to go wank him off to it come on <laughs> Red Rover man yeah so listen, we've got a story here about a chip shop boss who murdered his wife with boiling fat. Um, he literally killed his wife in his chip shop. Either worst um, boss but, ever. Yeah, another worst boss ever. However, this being the internet, all the replies to this story are tremendous puns. <laughs> and there's few things that amuse Jack and I more than a pun. So I think we'll just do the usual and just go, out, go through these one by one. Oh, I- Maybe not one, we'll, we'll see how it goes, because the very first reply, so simple, battered to death. <laughs> um, next one, a woman's dead, and the place goes pun crazy. <laughs> oh, I've, I've had it up to here with these sick puns, there's a time and place for cods. <laughs> <It's so simple. laughs> Um, the next person it feels inappropriate to chip in with a pun I think we should wrap this up <laughs> oh dear it's non-stop um, the husband certainly seems to be in a bit of a pickle he really is a, he really is a silly sausage supper <laughs> that's just one of my favourites because it's <laughs> it's just crap oh, it's just absolute crap He'll fry for that. He will definitely get done for a salt vinegar. <laughs> salt and vinegar. Um, <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> this is a piece of nonsense. <laughs> and is he blaming salmon else? Oh, this story's fried my <laughs> This was in yesterday's papers. <laughs> Poor soul, SOLE. I'm, 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 I'm heading it's murder. <laughs> oh, he won't escape the scales of justice. <laughs> Typical, it's how about the puns. <laughs> He's, oh, he's frittered his life away. <laughs> he was fed up being the butty of her jokes. 
Imagine the smell at the cremation. <laughs> Just not even a pun. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Colin's got to die. So we'll get one more. He'll be the king rib. Around his <laughs> oh, Jesus oh. Christ. Oh. Right, okay. So, <laughs> get in contact. At wrong, t- we're, we're wrong term memory on Twitter. You can email us. You know how to get in contact with us. Get see if you see any shit like this online. Just just let us know, man, because it's the absolute bread and butter of this show. Yeah. So um, that will do us, I think, mate. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Cheerio. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash long-term memory or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. (laughs) 